We had been five days in the boats, and in all this time made no discovery of land. Upon the morning of the sixth day came the cry from the bosun, who had the command of the lifeboat, that there was something which might be land, afar, upon our larboard bow. But it was very low-lying, and none could tell whether it was land or but a morning cloud. Yet because there was the beginning of hope within our breasts, we pulled wearily towards it, and thus, in about an hour, discovered it to be indeed the coast of some flat country. A little after midday, we had come so close to it that we could distinguish with ease what manner of land lay beyond the shore, and thus we found it to be of an abominable flatness, desolate beyond all that I could have imagined. Here and there it appeared to be covered with clumps of queer vegetation, though whether they were small trees or great bushes I had no means of telling. But this I know, that they were like unto nothing which ever I had set eyes upon before. So much as this I gathered as we pulled slowly along the coast, seeking an opening whereby we could pass inward to the land. But a weary time passed or ere we came upon that which we sought. In the end, we found it a slimy banked creek, which proved to be the estuary of a great river, though we spoke of it always as a creek. Into this we entered, and proceeded at no great pace upward along its winding course. And as we made forward, we scanned the low banks upon each side. Perchance there might be some spot where we could make to land. But we found none, the banks being composed of a vile mud which gave us no encouragement to venture rashly upon them. Having taken the boat something over a mile up the great creek, we came upon the first of that vegetation which I had chanced to notice from the sea. And here, being within some score yards of it, we were better able to study it. I found that it was indeed composed largely of a sort of tree, very low and stunted, and having what might be described as an unwholesome look about it. The branches of this tree I perceived to be the cause of my inability to recognize it from a bush until I had come close upon it. They grew thin and smooth through all their length, and hung towards the earth, being weighted thereto by a single large cabbage-like plant, which seemed to sprout from the extreme tip of each. Having passed beyond the first clump of the vegetation and the banks of the river remaining very low, I stood me upon a thwart, by which means I was enabled to scan the surrounding country. This I discovered, so far as my sight could penetrate, to be pierced in all directions with innumerable creeks and pools, some of these latter being very great of extent. And everywhere the country was low set, as it might be a great plain of mud, so that it gave me a sense of dreariness to look out upon it. It may be, all unconsciously, that my spirit was put in awe by the extreme silence of all the country around. In all that waste I could see no living thing, neither bird nor vegetable, save it be the stunted trees, which indeed grew in clumps here and there over all the land. This silence when I grew fully aware of it, was the more uncanny, 
for my memory told me that never before had I come upon a country which contained so much quietness. Nothing moved across my vision. Not even a lone bird soared up against the dull sky. And for my hearing, not so much as the cry of a seabird came to me. No. Nor the croak of a frog, nor the plash of a fish. It was as though we had come upon the country of silence, which some have called the land of lonesomeness.